This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Father, we bow before you now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your rich, powerful, living word. As I come to teach here tonight, I make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on limited human abilities to teach. But I am depending on you, Spirit of God. Therefore, I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. I thank you now for a supernatural recall of the Scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, your power, and your love to each and every person's mind and the sound of my voice, and to every heart and the sound of my voice. Father, that your word will enter every mind, bringing understanding and removing confusion. That your word will enter every heart, bringing faith and removing all fear. And we'll give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that's revealed and accomplished here tonight by your word and your spirit in the name of our Lord Jesus. And all those who love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. You are loved of God. Did you know that? Tell the person next to you, God loves you. God loves you, bro. Amen. And you may be seated. So this is night three of celebration, Wednesday. October 5. Tonight and Friday night, I'll be teaching the Bible solution, the spiritual solution and the practical physical solution, how you and your family can avoid being trapped on the 666 spider web of the Antichrist. Revelation 13, verse 16. The Antichrist causes all, say all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. I guess that covers everybody. To receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. That means every country around the world. To receive a mark on their right hand or their foreheads. The Antichrist causes, makes them take it. And that no one may buy or sell except one has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So, no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark. You might say this is a new currency. How long will it be before this happens? Well, we don't know that. I'll talk more about that in a little while. But we want to see this, that everybody will be taking this, except us, the Christian who's on fire for Jesus. Here is wisdom that him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, his number is 666. Now go to the next chapter, 14, verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image. And whoever receives the mark of his name. Say this, those who receive the mark will have torment in the fires of hell 
forever and ever, and they'll never have any rest. So tell the person next to you, do not take the mark. The Bible gives us a step-by-step plan to overcome in these times. The Lord has asked me, what would you teach the people if this was the last celebration the church will ever have? What will you teach the people if this is the last celebration the church will ever have? And after praying about it, these are the five most important, powerful spiritual weapons God has given us. And I'll be talking about these starting Monday, Wednesday. If you saturate your heart and your mind with these five weapons, you will overcome and advance no matter what comes our way in the future. So that if I apply these weapons that I'm about to hear about, I will advance and overcome in the future no matter what comes my way. You know, COVID was a trial run by the Antichrist and unfortunately, he won that round because he put the church on its back. He put us in retreat, locked us up in houses. And you know, family of God, that's not how the church operates. We are a body. Unless the finger is joined to the hand, the finger can't work, nor can the hand. Unless the hand is joined to the arm, the arm can't work, nor can the hand. Unless the arm is joined to the body, the arm can't work. How many of you left your arm at home when you came to church? You forgot it. Forgot your arm somewhere. You're looking for it. No one, right? So, the thing is, the body must be together before it's effective. And when you succeed in dividing the body, fingers everywhere, hands everywhere, toes everywhere, eyes everywhere, we're all spread out in our little houses, not communicating. We're not coming to church. Satan's winning. He's destroying the church, robbing us of our faith and our anointing and our effectiveness in soul winning. See, David <clears throat> was a man of faith. When a lion came and took his little lamb, he ran after it. He said, hey, Mr. Lion, where are you going with my lamb? He took it by the beard. Give me my lamb back. Took it out the lion's mouth. The lion said, huh, what a cheek this little guy's got. I think he's bigger and more tasty than the lamb. I'll take him instead. But you know what happened? The Bible said lion, uh, David just tore him to pieces with his bare hands. And the Bible said David did that to several lions and several bears because he, he ran after that animal fearlessly with faith in God. And the same thing with Goliath. He didn't retreat. When Goliath came out on the Valley of Elah, we went there several times. Took tours there, the Valley of Elah. The little stream down the center. One hill on this side, one hill on that side. The two hills weren't more than 200 meters Apart. Goliath comes out and he beats his chest and he says, Whoever wants to fight me, I'll fight him. And if I win, you are our slaves and servants. But if you win, we'll be yours. That's just a lie. They're not intended to serve the Israelites at all. But when he beat his chest and said that, 
the whole Israel army fled from the top of the hill that they were standing on into their canvas tents for protection. Now I can just imagine whatever those tents were made of, that they were so strong they could stop a spear and a sword and they could stand against soldiers ripping them off and getting to them. So how come these soldiers believed in the protection of a canvas tent while David was running up the hill, running up the hill to face Goliath and took him out, took him out. You see the difference? When the storms of life are going, they're gonna come. Are we gonna have the faith of David to run to our giant and take him out with our words of faith? Or are we going to run and hide and retreat into our little tents for safety? There's no safety in that. There's only safety in your faith. There's only safety in the name of Jesus on your lips when you speak it in faith and power. So we've got to understand how to develop our faith and we've got to understand the power and authority of the name of Jesus and what that means to us today. If we can understand these things, we cannot be defeated, church, no matter what comes down the road, no matter what the Antichrist does. Because Jesus said the gates of hell will not stop the church. And that's you. The gates of hell will not stop you because you're the church. You understand that? So he said to me, what are you going to preach on? And I prayed about it. And the Lord gave me the five most powerful spiritual weapons that God has given to the church. And I'm talking, I'm talking about these. And if you saturate your heart and mind with these five weapons, you will overcome and advance no matter what comes our way. You'll be unstoppable. We are going to use our faith and pray that there will be more celebrations. But nevertheless, I have to teach as if there won't be. I believe there will be, but I have to teach as if there won't be. Why? Because we need time to operate in this dimension that God's asked us to study here. All right. Dr. Bev, tomorrow night, has another very powerful message. Celebration message. Encouraging. Just like last night and the night and Sunday night. Her messages are awesome and powerful to motivate us. Don't miss it. Now, go in your Bible to Mark 6, verse 30, please. Mark 6, verse 30. I hope you brought a notepad and a pen. You need to take notes in these meetings. Amen? Mark 6, 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. And there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep with no shepherd. Having, so he began to teach them many things. When the day 
was now far spent. His disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. They're telling Jesus to send them away. But Jesus answered and said to them, no, we're not sending them away. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. They had no food, but Jesus said, you feed them. In other words, Jesus is saying, I know you have sufficient faith to feed this multitude supernaturally. I know it. So go ahead and do it. You know they didn't do it. They gave Jesus five loaves and two fish and he broke them and fed the 5,000 men, 5,000 women obviously, and 5,000 kids obviously with five loaves of bread and two fish. But the point I'm trying to make here is Jesus believed that they could, by their faith, feed those, this, the 12 disciples could feed 15,000 people with their faith. He believed that. That's the New Testament. In other words, Jesus is telling us, if we will develop our faith, understand our authority, when times get tough, we will survive. Because think about this. The whole world is moving towards this time where we'll have to take this mark or refuse to take it. If you were in my message on Sunday morning, and it's going to be played again tomorrow morning at 11.30 in the Dr. Theo um, Auditorium. Now, if you were in that message, you'd understand the perfect storm that Antichrist has created to drive us like cattle towards the mark of the beast. That's what this is all about. Because he does not want God to have any family in heaven. He wants the entire body of Christ to take this mark. There are more people alive today than there are in heaven and hell combined. There are more people alive today than have died in 6,000 years of man's history. And Satan wants to take that entire harvest, put a mark on them so they'll submit to him as their Lord and they'll be his slave. Because without that mark, the general public will not be able to buy food, buy petrol for their car, they can't pay their mortgage, their, their bond, they can't pay their rent on their house, they can't buy school fees for their children, they can't catch a bus. So where are they gonna live? How are they gonna eat? How are they gonna get water to drink? Think about that. So how many people are gonna say, Christians, if I can't operate in this world economy, me and my family, we're all gonna die. You see? So there's gonna be a lot of people take that mark. So that's why it's imperative for you to be on Friday night because God has Bible solutions to this problem. God knew what the devil was planning and has given us answers to overcome those problems. You're gonna hear about it on Friday night. But I just thought about this. I thought, if we don't have faith to trust God for 10% of our income, because that's what God wants us to tithe, I'm supposed to tithe 10%. I have to believe God now to survive on 90%. 
If I don't have the faith to survive on 90%, how on earth am I gonna suddenly have the faith to believe God for everything for me and my family that we'll ever need? So I'm saying I fully expect every person that doesn't tithe to take the mark. I'm expecting that. I'm expecting every person that doesn't tithe to take the mark. Very sad. We've got to develop our faith. The person doesn't tithe, why? His faith's not developed. Simple reason. He can't trust God. That's a poor place to be. If you don't have faith to tithe, you're telling everybody, I don't have faith. I need to work on my faith. That's what you're telling us. Because if you had the faith, it wouldn't be a problem. And you tithe and go take the 90%, it'll go much further than the 100 you had before. I've seen that. Pastor Rev and I gave three houses away in the first few years of, our, of the ministry. Gave everything away. We have pictures in this, on the platform here, we have pictures of us giving it away. So we know what it means to sow much more than the tithe, but I can show you right now, God blessed us mightily. Um, we, are a, we are blessed people. We are a blessed family, a blessed family. Just like those who know how to trust God. So let me carry on here. He who answered said to them, uh, all right, let's go now to Isaiah 7, please. We're talking about the name of Jesus. I'm not finished with that yet before we go on to our next major, secret, powerful, supernatural weapon. We're still dealing with the name of Jesus. So Isaiah 7, please, in verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a, a, a sign. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Now this is Old Testament. Prophet Isaiah prophesying in the future about Mary giving birth to Jesus. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Here's the sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's amazing. He said that hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Now let's go to Matthew 1 verse 18 and see this come to pass. Now this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiance, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As Joseph considered this, he fell asleep. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this is not the birth of God. No. This is when God took on 
humanity. This is when God took on humanity, became a man as well as deity. So he's perfect man and perfect God in one being. That's Jesus Christ. Christ, the name of his deity. Jesus, the name of his humanity. Further proof of Christ's pre-existence and his receiving of humanity is found in Isaiah 9, which was used this morning. Let's go to Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. This is talking about his pre-existence and his receiving humanity. All right, for unto us a child is born, referring to Jesus. Unto us a son is given, referring to Christ. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now this verse is talking about one and the same person, the Lord Jesus Christ. For unto us a child is born, referring to Jesus, to his humanity having a beginning at that time. Unto us a son is given, referring to Christ who is already in existence and therefore is given and not born. Why is, he called, why is Jesus Christ called the everlasting father? The answer is simple. Jesus Christ is the second Adam. We saw that in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Where, and we are his descendants if we are born again. He's the firstborn from the dead into life. And we are also born from death into life after him. Even Paul the Apostle called himself a father of those he led to Christ. In Galatians 4.19, he says, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So he calls them his little children because he led them to Jesus. Jesus Christ is the father of all those who, who he brings into the kingdom of God as the second Adam. Colossians 1.15 Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before God made anything at all and is supreme over all creation. So he existed in the very beginning. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So the Word is also deity. 16, Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. So God gave permission, Christ spoke it, the Holy Spirit went out and brooded on the waters. That's why all three were involved in creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why in the beginning it says, and God's plural said, let us, plural, make men our plural image. Because the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all involved in creation. Verse 16, Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. Everything has been created through him and for him. So that all creation was created through him and for himself. He existed before everything else began. And he holds all creation together. So that Christ keeps creation working as it is. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. So that Christ is my head. I'm in the body. He's the head. 
This amazing being is our head. He is the first of all who arise from the dead. So he is first in everything. All things were created through Christ and for Christ. Jesus is the center of all creation. Ephesus, uh, Ephesians 1.9. God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. So God's pleasure and goodwill was revealed and accomplished through Christ. God planned for the purpose of creation to exist in Christ. Verse 10. Let me read the last part of verse 9 again so we catch the flow. God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect. He has the purpose now. When the times will have reached their fulfillment, that is, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. So this is God's plan, and it's going to happen at the end of the day. God will bring all things together, both those in heaven and on earth, under one head, under Christ. So everything eventually will all be willingly submitted to Christ. Everything. Whether they like it or not, right now, they're either going to be going or surrendering from their heart. But everything will submit to Christ sooner or later at the end of the day. This is God's ultimate goal. Say this, please. Our purpose in this life is to bring everything on earth into line with Christ, with His will. Say this, please. Everything must be brought into harmony with Christ. That's God's plan. Now say this with me. Every lost soul, every action on the earth, every thought of man, every thought of man must be brought under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, every thought of man will be brought under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's not going to be something we do because we're forced to do it. That's going to be something we long to do and will accomplish. That every thought will be in harmony with Christ's thoughts. Amen? That's where this is all going to end up. Now the devil's frantically throwing his toys out the cot. He's going bananas because he knows what's coming and he's trying to take his slice, which he has no authority or rights to take. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments and every hard thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It's in your Bible, there it is. See that? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See that? It's in your Bible. The ultimate purpose of all of this is 
that everything will honor and worship Jesus to the glory of the Father. When we use the name of Jesus Christ, all things in heaven and on earth and under the earth bow their knee in submission. After Jesus' resurrection, he appears to his apostle John and he says in Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was, because he died, and who is to come, the Almighty. So Christ appears to John and he says, I am the Almighty. Verse 18, the same chapter, he says, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. So he has the keys of Hades and of death, which Hades is in hell. Hades is hell. Not in hell, it is hell. It's just a Greek word. Now, the keys that he's talking about is the authority that Jesus took away from Satan, which he took from Adam. Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection and he says this to them in Matthew 28 verse 18. After his resurrection now, Jesus came to his disciples and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now as a man, he is saying, all authority has been given to me. I have won it by conquest. I conquered death, sickness, poverty, Satan, demons, all evil. I rose from the dead on your behalf. And now I've been given all Adam's authority and more, all that the Father God gave Adam to rule the universe and Satan stole, Jesus took back by conquest. Verse 19, now he says, because I've got all this authority, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. So they could have said to him, why don't you go since you have all the authority, but they have a covenant with Jesus. They ate that at the covenant meal with the bread and the wine together. And so they know if Jesus has that, then I have that because I'm a co-heir of Jesus. Romans 8, 17. Whatever God has given Christ, he's given us at the same time. We are equal heirs with Christ of all that he inherited. That's in Romans 8, 17. So now then, they understand that. So Jesus said, go therefore, because I've got all the authority now. And what is he saying? Go therefore, make disciples. He didn't say go make converts. Right? Now it's great to win a soul, but that's not what he's telling us to do. He's telling, I want you to win that soul and disciple them. You've got to train them to do what you should be doing. Train them. In other words, bring them to church, take them to growth track, Take them to Christian Ghost Seminar. Take them to um, the um, Dream Team uh, training with Pastor Everett or Pastor, Pastor Raddick in San Antonio. Who's running your Dream Team in Jody in, in, in uh, Cape Town? So take them there and sit with them on the class. Go through the course, even if you go through it a hundred times. If you're making disciples every time, you got no idea what a great blessing you are going to have in eternity. But that's what he's asked us to do. Go and make disciples. Now, 
Did Jesus, gentle Jesus, say that? No, this is Jesus who's got all authority. So this is all authority commanding us. This wasn't a suggestion. Now look, I'd like to suggest an idea I've got. I was thinking about, would you like to make disciples? Just let me know how you feel about it. That's not what he sent here. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, not suggested to you, and lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. So, my question is, who are you discipling right now? Who are you discipling right now? Because if you're not, then my next question is, how many people have you discipled up till now? I would think 90% of believers are totally disobedient with that instruction. No one's making disciples a handful. That's something we have to attend to. Hello? Are you tracking me, church? Notice Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore make disciples. All authority in heaven and earth has commanded us to make disciples. Are we going to obey him? Thank you for those three yeses. Praise the Lord. I'm feeling so encouraged now. So, <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all omnipresent, and Satan is not omnipresent. The devil's not at everybody's house at the same time, so don't get spooked by that lie. Little tiny demons might be, but you can deal with them and the devil. Smith Wigglesworth woke up one night. The devil was sitting on his bed. Have you heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Yes. Satan was sitting on his bed. He woke up, saw him, and he said, oh, it's only you. And he turned his back on him and went back to sleep. <laughs> he thought it might be an angel. Ephesians 1.23. And the church is Christ's body. It is filled by Christ, who fills everything everywhere with his presence. Say this, I am part of the body of Christ, and Christ fills the entire body with his presence. Colossians 1:27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say that Christ is in me. God, the creator of everything, is in me. This awesome God is in you. And he is present, he is present in his name as well. John 14, 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask, now that word ask, you can write next to it the word command, because in the Greek, the word ask is actually command. If you look up the word ask in the Greek, then go to the root of that word you'll see it's command. So the translator's got cold feet here. They should have written it this way. And whatever you command in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So we're commanding Jesus to do anything. We're not doing that. We're commanding on his behalf for the devil and circumstances to line up with his will. And then he said, if you command anything in my name, I'll do it, verse 14. 
Now, here's a perfect example of how that works. Now, we, we learned on Monday night about Peter um, in Acts 9, 34, calling out Aeneas, who was paralyzed, and said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you hold, make, take up your bed and go your way. And he got up and the whole of Sharon, the whole town turned to the Lord when they saw this man walking, he's paralyzed. And, G and Peter just said to him, Jesus Christ makes you whole, right? Then you see a similar event in Acts chapter three, verse six, at the gate of the temple, as they're going in for the hour of prayer. Listen to what Peter says here in Acts three, verse six, to a lame man outside the gate. But Peter said, I don't have any money for you, but I'll give you what I have. I'll give you what? What I have. What, is I, what do I have? He has the name of Jesus. So that I have the name of Jesus. It's my name to use. I have it. I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Same thing he did in Acts 9. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went to the temple with Peter and John. Now my question is, who healed the man? Was it Peter or was it Jesus? Jesus. Jesus healed the man when Peter used his name. So what caused Jesus to heal the man? Answer, Jesus was manifest when Peter used his name. Say that, when Peter used the name of Jesus, Jesus revealed himself instantly, manifest. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know you can tell the difference because the, <clears throat> the, the Sadducees are sad, you see. And anyway, Jesus is there present his name. Now we are not commanding Jesus to do anything, as I said, we are commanding circumstances to line up with God using the name of Jesus. So in Acts chapter four, verse seven, um, the Pharisees were bent out of shape because yes, this man healed. They don't like it. So they come to Peter and John, they bring him in, they capture them, bring them into their presence. And they say to Peter and John, by what power or by what name have you done this thing? Okay? By what power or by what name did you do this? And down in verse, I think it's 10, Peter answers and he says, by the name of Jesus Christ, by him this man stands here before you home. Now look at that, by the name of Jesus Christ, you can go to the Acts, 10, uh, Acts, Acts 4 verse 10 in your Bible, and look at that verse. Peter says, by the name of Jesus, by him, by the name, by him, by him, by the name. So say this, the name cannot be separated from him. Him, Christ, cannot be separated from his name. It's like wet and water. It's wet and water. 
You can have them both, but you can't have one of them without the other. Now go to Matthew 18, 19. Jesus said, now this is after his resurrection, again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. No, that wasn't after his resurrection. All right, again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's a great scripture for you and your wife. Something happens to join hands and agree together. Amen? Amen? So Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by the Father. So why do we receive anything we ask in agreement if there's two of us together? The answer is found in the next verse. The answer is found in the next verse. For, you might say, because... For means, I'm not finished dealing with the subject of verse 19. Same subject. For, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. See that? If any two agree on anything, that they ask what will be done. Why? Because where two are gathered in my name, I'm there. If you're in my, I'm in my name. She's saying, I'm in my name. I'm in my name. Do you suppose Jesus is here right now? Yes. Are we gathered in his name? Yes. We certainly are. So Jesus is here right now because we're gathered in his name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is telling us in that verse that he is present in his name. So whenever you use that name, child of God, you know Jesus is right there. You just have to whisper it. And the devil trembles. Satan trembles. The name of Christ, the name of Jesus, is your name. The Bible actually says you are called by that name. Listen to the Apostle James as he writes to the church in James 2.6. And he says, but you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called. Say this, the church is called Christ or Jesus. James 2 verse 7, the same verse in the New American Standard says, do they not blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called? Say that the church is called Jesus. So why is the church called by the name of Jesus Christ? Why? Ephesians 5.30 will help us understand that. For we, individually, are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Individually. So say that. I am a member of Christ's body, his flesh, and his bones. Again, I am a member of Christ's flesh, his body, and his bones. So say this. Wherever I go... Christ is with me and in me. And when I speak, Christ acts through me. I represent him 100%. He is living his life out through me. What he did when he was on the earth, he's ready to do through me now. Because it's the same Christ doing it. 
Hallelujah. All things have already been given to the church. Oh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. It says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So say this, the spirit of Christ and my spirit are one. Not two, one. Can you see that? So you are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, one body, and his spirit, your spirit are one. You can't tell the difference. Amen. All things have already been given to the church through the cross. God has already deposited everything you will ever need into your heavenly bank account. Whatever you'll ever need has already been deposited in your bank account. Romans 8.32 God who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with Jesus Christ also freely give us all things? So say this, when God gave Jesus, he freely gave me everything else at the same time. You are the owner of everything. You see, we need to meditate on this. We think, well, this is nonsense, foolishness. No, it's not. If you meditate on that, you'll see a huge change in your life. Your spirit will latch onto it and you start walking in this. Romans 8, 16. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So that I have inherited God what he owns and I've inherited equally all that Christ has received. And I am given to God. In covenant. He is given to me. I'm given to him. So, if you have received all things that Christ has received, does that include his name? So say this. I am a joint heir with Christ of everything God has given him. And that will include his name. I've inherited his name when he inherited his name. It belongs to me as much as it belongs to him. So how do we make a withdrawal from our heavenly bank account with the name of Jesus? John 16, 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing, Jesus said. He says, I'm going to the Father and he says, when I get there, you're not going to pray to me anymore. You're not going to ask me for anything. You can ask me right now, and I'll do whatever you want. But when I get to heaven, you won't. Most assuredly, I said to you, whatever you ask the Father, my name, he'll give you. So he says, for when I get to heaven, after my resurrection, whatever you want, you're going to ask God the Father for it, and use my name. When you use my name, he'll give it to you right away. Okay? That's what he said. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. He says, I've been here helping you. I've done everything for you. But once I'm gone, he says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So Jesus wants us to have full joy. And if you're not completely happy, ask Jesus for what, ask the Father for what you need in the name of Jesus. 
That's what he's telling us. Now, let me ask you this question. If you had 10,000 rand in your bank account and you signed one of your checks for 1,000 rand and you took it to the bank, could you confidently give that 1,000 rand check to the teller and expect the teller to give you 1,000 rand from your own money in the bank? How many would do that confidently? Because it's your money. All right? Now, we must use the name of Jesus with the same unconscious faith that we exercise when writing a check out to our own bank account. When we have plenty of money in the account, there's no problem. Say this, when I sign heaven's checks that I ask God for with the name of Jesus, that check always works. Amen? That check always works. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Romans 10, 11. For the scripture says, Without, whoever believes on Jesus Christ will not be put to shame. Are you a believer? If you trust the Lord, you'll never be embarrassed. The devil will not put you to shame. God doesn't want that for you. You see that? I know they might try and embarrass you at the office. They might try and embarrass you at school, at college, whatever you do. Let me tell you something. Jesus fights your battles for you. He'll not allow you to be put to shame. Don't retaliate. Jesus said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Leave his business alone. He's the one that fights your battles. Amen? Don't put your nose in his business. He said, I will take vengeance for you. Amen? Leave it to him. He knows how to sort things out. I promise you now. So whoever believes in Jesus Christ will not be put to shame. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, what does that word saved mean? It's a Greek word called sozo. It means, it's up on the screen. The Greek word sozo should be on the screen, is it? It means in English, deliver, to deliver. It means to protect. It means safe, save, preserve, to heal, to make whole. So whoever calls on the name of Jesus is delivered from their problem. Whoever calls on the name of Jesus is protected from their problem. Whoever calls on the name of Jesus is safe when times of trouble come. Whoever calls on the name of Jesus is born again saved. And whoever calls on the name of Jesus is preserved. And whoever calls on the name of Jesus is healed and made whole. Just by calling. Whoever calls. Jesus has all of that. Has all of that. In 1972, Pastor Graham Patterson was a lot younger. Pastor Graham. He was a lot younger then and a little bit more good looking. He's still got all his good looks, but just a little bit more good looking. A little more hair. So, I, you know, you and I joined the same club, Graham. Same time, yeah. So anyway, how old are you now, Graham? How old are you now? 72. Okay. 
You're on my heels, huh? You're catching up. Okay. So anyhow, um, he was on his way to Empogini in his car. And how many people did you have in the car that night? There's six of you. To Empogini, and you were going to go to a youth meeting on a Friday night, right? And my brother Henry and Jackie were in the car with you. Jackie wasn't there. Oh, she, she and Henry were getting married the next day, so she stayed behind. But Henry is in the car. Well, Kelly Smith, stand up, Kelly. Were you in the car, Calvin? You weren't? Okay. Okay, fine. So you're driving. Who else was there that you remember? Trevor? Walter Allen? And his cousin from Jasper? Trevor's wife. And you're all on your way to this youth meeting. And of course, you're in your early 20s, right? Early 20s. So they're driving along the road at night. And it's cars going both directions, just a white line separating the two. And they're going fast. It's a freeway, it's supposed to be. And the traffic is, it's traffic is bumper to bumper, and they're going fast. Next minute, tire bursts, a vehicle coming towards them. And it, when the tire, front tire burst, it just swerved right into oncoming traffic. And there was a head-on collision. And then all the cars from both sides ran into that collision. And there were cars flying across the air, in through the air. Is that right, Graham? The newspaper, the bodies were lying in the hospital. Some were dead some seriously injured, many died. How many died that night? 14 died. They said at that point in time, it was the worst road accident ever recorded in South African history at that time. So, okay, there might have been a worse one from then, but nevertheless, uh, Graham's car was totaled, written off, right? Dead bodies everywhere, people screaming in agony, Bodies flying, there was, one, there was one little truck, Bucky, with a whole bunch of children in the back, and those little children flying through the air. Did they all die? They all died. So they got out and were trying to help. But you know, when that accident happened, they all screamed together, Jesus! That's all they had time to do. And they got out that car, not one scratch on them. And they were able to help people. How quick was that? How quick did Jesus come to their rescue? And whatever he did to protect them in that car was being written off, being smashed from all sides, like a Constantina. But somehow, someway, they were all protected inside there and didn't get hurt. Say this, the power of the name of Jesus. All the call on that name shall be saved. Before Jesus was crucified in the garden of Gethsemane, he knelt down alone and prayed for all believers of all ages. In the garden of Gethsemane, in that olive grove, in the Mount of Olives, we've been there. Early hours of the morning, 
John 17, 20. I do not pray, he's talking to God, for these disciples here alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. I'm praying for all those who will get saved once these disciples start preaching the gospel. So he's praying for us here in the Garden of Gethsemane before he dies. He's thinking about us before he dies. He knows he's going to be crucified, a terrible death. He knows he's going to be burning in the fires of hell for three days, taking our place. He knows that. Get my book on the blood covenant. I prove the whole thing. Dozens of scriptures that that's what happened. So anyway, he knows this is coming. He knows. But he's not concerned about himself. He's praying for you. He's praying for me before he leaves the earth. He's praying one last time for us. Can you see the compassion here? He prays this prayer, 21, that we, they may all be one as you, Father, are in me. Father, you and I are one. I and you and you and me. That they also may be one in us. That we may all be together as one person in God the Father and in Jesus Christ. He wants us all together. He's asking God for that. That they may all be one in us. Why? That the world may believe that you sent me. That the world may believe that you sent me. Question, why will the world believe that God sent Jesus? Answer, when they see that Christ and the church are one. When the world has to see Christ alive in the church, working through the church supernaturally, they'll believe. Say with me, the world has to see Christ alive in the church, working through the church supernaturally. Now I said this, they have to see me doing the same works that Jesus did as if I was Jesus in action. Then they'll believe that God sent Jesus. Amen? So, so the signs and wonders and miracles prove to the world that Christ is alive, that he was sent to the earth by the Father. That's what separates us. God's love and miracles separate us from all religions. John 17, 22. And then he carries on to say, and the glory which you have given me, I have given them. Amazing. The glory that you gave me, Father, I've given to them, my followers, that they may be one just as we are one. Glory, what's that talking about? He's saying all that Christ inherited. Glory means all that Christ inherited. This includes the anointing. It includes the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit and His power. All that Christ inherited includes the Holy Spirit and includes the manifest presence of the Spirit and His power. That's what we have in the church because of this prayer and because of what He did 
did through his death, burial, and resurrection. Say this with me, Christ and I are one. The glory of Christ is mine. The name of Jesus Christ is mine. And I am completely owned by Jesus. I live to bring his plans to pass in the earth. Say this, he has given me the name of Jesus to do this. John 17, 23. I and them and you and me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you love me. Say this, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. We are one. God wants to bless me so mightily that the unsaved will say, God loves these Christians as much as he loves Jesus Christ. Now, I'd like to ask you a question. Is this question true? The name of Jesus is yours to use because you never make any mistakes. Is that true? No, not true. The name of Jesus is yours, so this, the name of Jesus is mine because I am in the body of Christ. You're in the body of Christ. You're born again. The name belongs to the body of Christ. So it's yours because you are born again into the body of Christ. So that the name of Jesus is mine to use because I am born again into the body of Christ. And I want to take a little time just to talk about praying in tongues. The next weapon we're going to deal with is praying in tongues. We need to understand afresh the power of praying in tongues. Romans 8.26 is on the screen. Romans 8.26, is it up there? It went up and it came down. Romans 8.26, as I've got it in my notes, please. Not the whole verse, no, 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 no. I just want to focus on the issue that matters here. According to my notes, take that down, please. Now put my notes back up there, Romans 8.26, as I've got it in my page. 92. Thank you. It says, The Holy Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. That's the part I want you to focus on, that line. The Holy Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. The next verse, just these words I want to focus on. The Holy Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So, verse 26 says, The Holy Spirit Himself prays for me. So that when I pray in tongues, when you get that up on the screen, please show it, okay? So this, when I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit himself prays for me. Again, when I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit himself prays for me. Okay? And what does he pray about? 27. The Holy Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So that the Holy Spirit is praying the will of God into existence. Again, the Holy Spirit is praying God's plan into my future. You don't know what it is, but you speak, you speak mysteries 
when you pray in tongues. Those mysteries are simply secrets of the Holy Ghost about your future, which He wants you to understand. Which He wants you to understand. Now watch verse 28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good. Now, and means I'm not done talking about the subject of praying in tongues. And we know. But you can put verse 28 up on its fullness, and if you can't find it in my notes, then put up Romans 8.20. Romans, there you go. And we know that all things work together for the good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So I don't want you to focus on the rest called according to His purpose. That just means you commit to the purpose of God by praying in tongues. But you see... The first part, and we know that all things work together for good. So people quote that out of context all the time. They have a car wreck, somebody dies, and then, you know, a kid dies, and they console you to say, listen, this is God's plan. All things work together for good. You can't see it now, but the reason that person died, God killed him so that he can work out his wonders. You know, then you've got a bad God and a good devil. Because a good devil never does any bad things. All the bad things happen around the world. It's God's fault then, you see. That's really ridiculous. So ridiculous. I'd rather hear a donkey braying at midnight in a tin barn <laughs> when I'm trying to sleep. Or a dog barking out my window like my little dog used to do. When I was trying to sleep at night, he'd sit outside my window and bonk. I got so mad at him one day, I thought, I'm going to teach him lessons. So I waited till he fell asleep and I got on my knees. I was only a youngster. I got on my knees and I barked loud in his ear. I sneaked up, barked. He looked at me weird and he walked off. Lay down, went back to sleep. So I waited till he was asleep. I got up, went over him, barked in his ear real loud. He woke up, he looked at me weird and he walked off and lay down somewhere else. I followed him for about two hours. I thought, that'll do it. That'll do it, fine. But get that night... Yes, at my window, that didn't cure the dog. And that wasn't all things working for good. All right, Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. What that is saying is, if you pray in tongues, God will stop the bad happening and only allow the good to happen. God will stop the tragedies and allow blessings. I can tell you story after story after story until sunrise tomorrow morning of how that works in my life. I can tell you of people whose lives have been spared that God showed me beforehand that they were going to die and I prayed in the Holy Ghost and God protected them. And actually a lot of those stories are in my book, How to Recognize the Voice of God. But I can tell you right now, people, that this praying in tongues if you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, this should be your major and only priority until you are filled with the Spirit with speaking in tongues. It is such a disadvantage in life not to speak in tongues. I will tell you quite honestly, if I didn't pray in tongues, I would not be standing on this platform today. I would not be. God has delivered me so many times from praying in tongues. And if you get my book, Give Me This Mountain, if you can read that book, I'll tell a story there that's incredible 
of what God did through praying in tongues. It's a life's changing story. I would say that this entire ministry and organization is being built by the Holy Ghost through praying in tongues. By praying in tongues. I used to, when we started the church here in 1979, I didn't know how to run the church. I couldn't organize a booze up in a brewery at that time. And you know, all you have to do is open the door and let them in. They'll figure out how to get the taps running, get to the beers. So not much organization you need to be able to do that. But I couldn't do that. I knew nothing about nothing. So anyway, I started the church because <clears throat> I knew how to preach. I knew the word. I said the Bible, but I didn't know anything about managing a church. So I thought, well, since I don't have any staff and I don't have any people, I have to go because we hadn't anybody at that time. I have to go and pray because that's what we do, right? So I, I rented a little room about from that pulpit to here, square. It had a carpet in it. It had no windows and one door. And I'd say goodbye to my beautiful wife in the morning, about eight o'clock. I'd drive to Kensington from Bedford View and we'd stay in the apartment there with no furniture in it, no curtains, no fridge, no bed, no table, no chairs, no nothing. Because I, I had enough money to build a house and finish it. I earned it. I worked for it, selling houses. And God said to us, give that money to start the church, all of it, thousands of rands. And I spoke to my wife, and she said, sure, no problem. Give our house away to the church, put it in the bank account. And then the Lord said to me, you trust me for your salary and how to pay your rent. You trust me for the car rent, the apartment rent, your food money. You don't take any of that money out the bank account for yourself. So for about seven months, we did that. We lived by faith. We just trusted God. And he gave us money for the car rental every month, the rent for the apartment every month, to buy food, uh, have money to buy a fridge and we believed the Lord to buy the fridge and then we're about to buy it and the Lord said uh, no don't buy it and somebody came and gave us a big double door fridge for nothing and <clears throat> so everything was given to us curtains came curtains came furniture came we didn't buy any of it we gave all our money away so I would go to, Bedford, I'd go to Kensington, little office, and I'd lie on the carpet. And I'd put my hand in like that. And I'd just say, Holy Ghost, I don't know what to do, but I know that verse. You're going to pray now, and your plans are going to come to pass. And I laid there and prayed from 8 o'clock until 5 o'clock. And I got in my car and drove home. And I did that every, every day of the week. Every day of the week. I would travail in the spirit. Travail in the spirit. The gushings 
an unction. The Holy Ghost would just squeeze me out like water coming out of cloth, and I'd pray and pray and pray. That for about seven, eight years. Seven, eight years. That's what Chico's talking about. Eventually built a little prayer room at the church. <clears throat> Apostle Chico was talking about that the other day. Built a little prayer room at the church, and I'd go and I'd do that in that little prayer room. I had a garage. Car would come down, the garage door would come down, no one knew I was there. I'd get out the garage, walk into my prayer room, close the door, and lie on the floor and pray. And he would, my security guard, be standing outside. I didn't know. <laughs> so he was standing outside, taking care of me, I guess, eh? And he said, looking after me. Thank you. This is hard. And today he's a pastor of a huge church in, in um, Hillbrow. I sent him to Hillbrow because he's all kickboxing champion of Africa. And I knew... He has the faith to go to Hillbrow and upset the devil. So I said, Shika, you go to Hillbrow. Start a church there. And he went and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. The devil's left. The devil's left. Angels came. It's a beautiful church. And Pastor Shika, bless his heart, and Pastor Francine. And he's got several churches all over now. So, I'm saying to you that praying in tongues built this ministry. I know it did. I would, I, would, I would do anything if I could help you catch that revelation. If you could learn the power of praying in tongues. The anointing was so strong on me in those years, even stronger than it is today. Because today I've got so much going on that I don't spend, I spend two, three hours a day praying, but now I spend 12 hours a day praying. So, I would walk around, demons would just scream out and come out. And that's what happens anointing. You see, the more you pray, the more the anointing is on your life. See, there's no limit to how much anointing you can have. No limit. That's when um, Prophet um, James Ripsall was talking about the deaf and dumb girl spoke. Where are you, Prophet, Prophet James? There is. Deaf and dumb girl spoke. He saw that when he got saved because of it, I think. Huh? Is that right? Hmm. Born deaf, right? We saw many blind people see, totally blind. On crusades, they had a big tent. We used to go out in the township. Then he came to Jesus, get saved. He used to go there all the time with our tent, pray for the blind people, the deaf people. I had all the pastors on the platform with me from those neighborhoods. And I'd go and put that tent there, 5,000 seats, pack it out and pray. And they'd get healed. Why? Praying in tongues. If you pray in tongues, your church will prosper. Your business will prosper. Your family will prosper. Satan will be defeated. If you'll pray in tongues, nothing will stop you. Nothing will stop you. And every attack of the enemy will, be, will cease. How do you feel like praying in tongues right now? How do you feel like praying for South Africa right now? 
Well, let's stand up and let's just pray in tongues. And all of you in San Antonio, let's stand up and pray for America in San Antonio. Let's pray for San Antonio. And all of you in Cape Town, let's stand up and pray for Cape Town right now. I'm going to teach you how to pray, right? I'm going to teach you how to travail right here and right now. Release this mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Release. And if you don't speak in tongues and you want to speak in tongues right now, you can. Just come down here. If you want to speak in tongues, come down here quickly. But the rest of us, okay. Do this. Say, dear Holy Ghost, I yield to you now to pray for South Africa, for San Antonio, for America, for Cape Town, for my family, for God's will to be done in our lives. God's plans to come to pass. And whatever the devil's planned, for that to stop in the name of Jesus. Now listen to this. My good friend Rodney Hart Brown, this tornado, hurricane, was coming right for Tampa. Head on. It was hours away. And Rodney sent me a video. The Bible school students got up and they began to intercede and travail and pray. And you know what? The last minute, that hurricane turned away from Tampa. Tampa wasn't touched. Oh yeah, the weather listens. The weather listens to praying in tongues. Everything listens to praying in tongues. Why? Because you're releasing God. Say this, when I pray in tongues, God, now say this, when I pray in tongues, God the Holy Ghost is praying through me. And then He goes out and He answers the prayer that He prayed. Again, say that. Get this revelation in your heart. When I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit is praying through me, and He goes out and He answers, brings to pass the very prayer that He prayed. Say this praying in tongues is a guaranteed answer from God. Now, all of you want to get full of the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues? You will be in two minutes, all of you. Right there. Right now, two minutes. That easy. Watch this. Okay? Now, when I spoke here tonight, I want to help you all do this, okay? Listen very carefully what I'm going to do. This is how simple it is. When I spoke here tonight, who was talking, me or God? No, I was talking. I was talking. God is anointing me, enabling me to talk. When I tell something about Jesus, have you done that before? Tell something about Jesus? Who talked? Who spoke? You or God? You. you. But God helped you, right? He anointed you. You spoke. Not God. Right? <laughs> Let's get that clear. So then when I witness about Jesus, it's me talking. And God's helping me. So when I preach tonight, it's me talking, 
and God's helping me. Now the Bible says in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came down, it says they spoke in tongues. Not God, they spoke in tongues. They're all full of the Spirit and they spoke in tongues. So now, when you speak in tongues, when I speak in tongues, now I can. I'm going to speak in tongues. So I'm speaking in tongues. Who spoke? I did, but the Holy Ghost is unctioning that. He's anointing that. He's directing it supernaturally. You got it? But I spoke. So now, I'm going to ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And then, when you're filled, you'll be able to speak in tongues. You will speak in tongues. Not God, you. You got it? That's simple, all right? So, say this with me, please, all of you in the front. Say, Father God, I ask you to give me, look at me, I ask you to give me this free gift of the Holy Spirit. Free gift. Say it, free gift. Gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I receive him right now to live in me, to fill me. Thank you. Praise you, Father. I have now received the Holy Spirit. Say it again. I have now received the Holy Spirit. Now, whether you feel like it or, feel like it or not, it's got nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. How you feel has got nothing to do with it. If I said to my wife, I don't feel married, I'm in trouble. It's got nothing to do with it. Right? I'm married. God heard your prayer and He's done it for you. He's filled you with the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands and say, praise God, I have the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the Spirit of God. Amen. So now say this, because... I'm full of the Spirit of God. I can speak in tongues. And the Holy Spirit will anoint it. So this, I can speak in a heaven language that I've never heard before. Don't understand what I'm saying because it's a heavenly language. No one knows what I'm saying except God. The devil doesn't have a clue what I'm praying about. Isn't that nice? Okay, now, so, you don't know what you're saying, but you know it's good. It's like drinking water. When you drink water, you don't have to know all the details about H2O. You just know, this tastes good. I want this, right? And you drink it, even though you don't know what's inside it. God made it. So when you pray, pray in tongues now, you don't know what you're saying, but you're going to know it tastes good. Because praying in tongues is drinking water for your spirit. Drinking water for your spirit. Reading the Bible is eating food for your spirit. So you can drink heavenly water now. Okay? And you're going to get filled Enjoy it. You ready? We're all going to pray in tongues with you. All of us. Okay? So I'm going to count to three. We're all going to pray in tongues together. You ready? Say this. Father God, since I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I will now 
open my mouth and speak sounds I've never heard. Don't understand, but you will. I'm going to speak them right now in the name of Jesus. When I count to three, all pray in tongues. Everybody, ready? One, two, three. Pray. Open your mouth. Say those words. All of you in South Africa, all of you in San Antonio, speak, speak. All of you in Cape Town, speak in the name of Jesus. Kebla Maka, the whole church, pray. Kimla di Solo, Shankam Bamba, El Grukus, Rekesida, Molo Shike, Blamba Kolumba, Mambra Dide, Ambla Kosulu, Bronco Bush, Bala, Breke, Ongo, Mundi, Bridas, Lekos, Endo, Bram, Lek, Bra, Broku, Borus, Nabas, Kobolodi, Embro Kosuru. All right, just stop, stop everybody. Stop. All right. Thank you. One second. Now, all of you here that spoke in a language you never heard before, put your hands up, put your hands up in the front. All of you that spoke in tongues, a language you never heard before, put up your hand. Wave your hand. You spoke in tongues. Wave your hand. Wave them. Did you speak? Did you speak in tongues? Huh? You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. Did you speak in tongues? Okay, don't worry. All right, again, all of you that spoke in tongues, put your hands up, wave them at me. Okay, give the Lord some praise for that. Now, okay, now put your hands down. Now, how many of you would like somebody to come and help you right now and pray? Somebody to come out and help you. I'll put your hands up. You want somebody to come and help you? No, you, you not speak. if you're speaking in tongues, you don't need help. But if, you, if you're not speaking, you want some help, right? If you're not speaking in tongues yet and you want somebody to come and help you, they'll come out right now. Put your hand up. Lady in front of you, you want some help? Of course, of course. Put your hand up. Come on out and help these folks. Pastors, leaders, cell leaders, come and help them. Quickly, come and stand with them. We're going to pray in tongues again. You'll lay hands on them now walking through it. Just help them to understand what I taught them. Help them understand what I Try and get girls with girls, men with men, please, if you don't mind. All right. Ladies with ladies, men with men. Does that, make any, does that sound right, English? Okay. Everybody, we're going to pray in tongues now. This is so important. If we combine our prayer like this, I promise you right now, hell will tremble. Hell will tremble. You're going to push back the forces of darkness. You're going to stop the Antichrist rampage. You're going to stop the Antichrist rampage. He's petrified right now. What's happening here? You ready? One, two, three. Kembra makasa endorusike. 
Brahma Kolo, Brahma Kisaya, Embro Nimimi, Roko Borshu, Raka Sandaya, Embro Mukushi, Ambala Bida, Embro Kodushi, Lasa, Lasa Likai, Ambla Kudu, Mambla Bilese, Bamba Kokoru, Membra Sida, Kaba Babori, Bikendi, Kenda Sakaya, Kamanadebi, Embro Kuru, Samaladasi Kain, Emblo Kushu, Bama Manda, Gerebekes, Enderushu, Obramali, Embla Kida. Pastor Greg, just go up and down and Pastor Andre. Andre, Greg, just walk up and down and make sure everybody's speaking in tongues. Omo Rabangada, I said, Kemblo Shida, Ramanka, Reko, Dusu, Babas, Endo Shibli, Embolo Naka, Brekendas, Lekabala, Brodobeshi, Embraki, Ambra Nidaya, Kobobo Shikede, Endorosuka, Ambra Baka, Renderebe, Rokoburu, Ambarasaya, Kobra Sidaka, Kenlalo Shire, Endesedida, Amakola Mandida, Kaplaka Solabodaya, Embro, Embro Kira, Ambra Bosu, Mamba Mai Kera, Erokusuda. Naka, Lenadomo, Rekendi, Kerabasandina, Lokobolukushu, Embra Maladasaya, Kama Kamorabakam Rekese, Kaba Baraboko Borikesa, Endorabova, Kamladasaya, carry on, that's up. Koborobodabika, Endorobusamaya. Embrokolomasida, Jokorobasoko, Robaramangaya. You gotta talk. Don't wait for God to speak, He's not gonna. You gotta talk. God's not gonna talk. You gotta talk. Open your mouth and make sounds you've never heard before. Go ahead, God'll take it. God'll take it into a perfect language. Korebekenda Rabaseki, Embromokora, Embramangaya, Ebrosuku, Borabakan. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Kiabaramakaya bus. Endoroshide. Lamamaka. Embro Boboku. Embra Masida. Embro Kul. Lamaki. Lamakam. Mokobolo Lushi. Embra Makala Namakai. Embro Bokolo. Rasalalasi. Embro Boku Shelaya. Endoru Mamangade. Embo Mokobole. Let's pray louder, family. Let's pray louder. More energy. Cabra de Seris, Obra Mikamba, Breda Makido Sulu, Embramangabra Sulu, Borba de Bika. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Embramangarabokur, Embrasidesaya, Obriki, Mamba, Emblas, Emblakur, Emblaka, Olamakaya, Ebrushi, Ebras, Omok, Bala de Bika, Emborosi. Bokobora, Meka, 
Enda, Zukin, Zekan, Zokoma, Lakala, Embo, Gobo, Ledas, Las, Mada, Gobo, Gende, Kea Baba Bashuel, Kobaboko, Embla Medei, Embla Madi, Kabalandaya, Embla Solodu, Embla Salida, Kombrudushe, Kambla Desei, Embolo Sokolo, Embla Sukira, Embolo Kira, Rekei, Olobu, Olabamba, Embardi, Zokoborsai, Embraba, Rokabali, Zekabrigesai. Yes, we're shaking the gates of hell, shaking the gates of hell, shaking the gates of hell. That's what we are doing, brother. The demons are scattering. The demons are scattering. The angels are being assigned. The angels are being assigned. The angels are being assigned. The angels are moving out, going about their work. Satan and demons are paralyzed, retreating. The angels are advancing. Demons are retreating right now. Name of Jesus. Kobur Seke, Brasa Bakobu, Mababa Lidaya, Embro Koburso, Embra Masika, Embra de Kobo, Lamakaya, Lamakaya, Obobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobobob
drive out sickness, drive out disease, remove all pain in the name of Jesus. I will receive it right now. Okay, if you're gonna pray for them, say this. I release the healing power of God to flow through these people, this person I'm praying for. I release the power of God to flow through this person I'm praying for right now in the name of Jesus. There it is, the power's flowing. The power's flowing. The power's flowing. There's that warm heat now. That warm heat flowing through your body. That warm heat of the Holy Ghost flowing through your body right now, getting hot. There it is, right now. That fire is going through your body. That fire is going through your body. Removing all the sickness, pain, the suffering, the disease, infection. All cancers are dying right now. In the name of Jesus. All arthritis is melting away. Right now, goiters, go in the name of Jesus. Hernia, go in the name of Jesus. Pain, go in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Now lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. I got it. All right, now examine your body, please. Examine your body, please. All of you in San Antonio, examine your body. All of you in Cape Town, examine your body. Do some cartwheels, handsprings, backflips, whatever. Test your body out quickly. Now, if you notice the problem's gone, if you notice the problem's gone, put your hands up and wave to the Lord. Give the Lord a wave offering. Oh, give the Lord a wave offering. Praise God, praise God, praise God. All right, so remember tomorrow morning, half past 11, you can go and see how to avoid being caught in a 666 spider with the Antichrist in the Dr. Thea auditorium. Half past 11 is upstairs. All right, every head bowed, please. Oh, don't forget, tomorrow night is Pastor Bib, and she's on fire. She is on fire. Pastor Bib is a preaching machine. Preaching machine. If you never heard her preach, you're in for a great surprise and a great blessing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Henry say, Apostle Theo, I don't know where I'm going when I die. I want to be sure I'll go to heaven. Can you help me? Yes, I can. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you put your hand up, that'll show God that you want Him to confirm to your heart that you are His child, you're going to heaven, you are forgiven for your sins. And if that's what you want Him to do for you, He will right now. I'm going to count to three. Slip your hand up. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Now somebody's coming to put their hand on your shoulder that you know we love you. And Jesus loves you while I pray. Wonderful. All right. Everybody said this prayer, please, with me. Everybody. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. 
to forgive me for my sins. I'll ask you, Jesus, please forgive me. Come into my heart. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. I declare Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I am saved. I'm bound for heaven. God is my Father. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I am saved. Amen. Amen. Give me a big hand. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.